Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jackson. You ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, We'll have MRA football on Friday night. Some playoffs on ESPN, 105.9 The Zone. Mississippi State football on ESPN, 105.9 The Zone this weekend. Are you sure you want to promote that? (laughs) Well, and... The Saints play the Steelers at noon on Fox on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Of course, this isn't the Steelers of the last 20 years. Uh, But the Saints and the Steelers will be on ESPN, 105.9 The Zone. So, MRA football. Playoffs? Yes. Playoffs. They play JA. Playoffs? All right. MRA, JA at MRA Friday night. Mississippi State football right here on 105.9 The Zone Saturday. Saints football, 105.9 The Zone on Sunday. Just kind of wanted to give you an update. If you're on the fence about your child's future, call MRA, schedule a private tour. They'll show you everything you want to see academically and athletically. 601-856-4455. Playoffs. We got them going on MHSAA and MAIS. But it's down to the final four, M-A-I-S. One side, J at MRA. The other one, Hartfield at Prep. I feel like that lineup of uh, football that we offer on 105.9, it felt like you were reading the the Bronx Bombers lineup. You know what I mean? Felt like the Yankees back in the day. It was like, man, one one big monster after the other. 
It's a it's a can't miss lineup right there on one oh five nine the zone over the weekend. Can't miss, baby. Can't miss. Can't it's miss. like it's like a Mike Leach offense. That baby's well oiled. Wow. <laughs> uh can I give you my I'm gonna give you my top eight in the SEC. Your SEC power rankings? My power ranking. Boom. I mean, there's a lot of garbage after the not garbage. There's there's just a lot of meh after that. Um Number one, this isn't hard. I'm going Georgia. Shocked. I mean, hey, they just hammered Tennessee, and it looks like I thought Luganville really framed it up well yesterday. They're not sleepwalking anymore, and they're now imposing their will on teams, which is not good for Mississippi State because we kind of asked the question, how did they go to Missouri and almost lose and how did they stumble around with Kent State or who? I mean, they were totally checked out. Something happened. Kirby and the staff and the players got, you know, going. And now they're they're locked in. They physically dominated Tennessee. Maybe they just played teams they cared about. Right. So Georgia won. <laughs> Maybe it's that easy. <laughs> LSU two. Um, congratulations to LSU on beating Florida, Ole Miss, and Bama. And really looking good on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. And I got LSU at number two. At number three, I have Tennessee. Still. Uh, they're still a really good football team. Interesting. Um, well, I think it's clear cut. Uh, Tennessee's number three. And look, they, they went to Baton Rouge and won. Handily. And they hosted Alabama. And, and they made the plays in the second half. I was impressed. And yeah. they, they can still beat any. Oh, yeah. By the way, if they play Georgia on a neutral field, now Georgia would win more. But Tennessee could yeah. could beat Georgia if they were playing. Playoff matchup? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number four, Bama. How about that? Bama's number four in the SEC in my power rankings. Uh, but I've got. Is that too high? Not right now, but it could be. Oh. Alabama at four, Ole Miss at five. But, but but hey, that could change this weekend with Ole Miss and Bama playing. That's right. All right, and that's a two thirty CBS game. Game of the week. Game of the week. It is the best matchup in the SEC in terms of potential, like because Georgia's playing State. It feels like that's such a long shot. Oh, I've got that thirty-eight ten. LSU Arkansas is a big game. Yeah, I think Ole Miss Alabama is is could be the slobber knocker of the Saturday, or the game of the week could be. It it may not be a lot of fireworks. Could it could be A and M at Auburn? Well, just because of because of who what could happen if someone loses? Absolutely. You know, you just, dude, that's the battle for the seller. <laughs> that's the who wants to be Vanderbilt game of the week. <laughs> Oh, I like A&M that. versus Auburn. I like that. I like that. Bandy of the West, game of the week. <laughs> Let me see what the uh, weather. Okay, Saturday in Oxford, the high is 44. Woo! And the low is 31, but it's sunny. I mean, <sighs> you, when it's cold, it's cold, but God, at least you got sunshine pouring down on you. So you just throw on a jacket and a vest, you tailgate, yeah. you, long branch bourbon. Okay, uh, so the weather looks uh, well, it'll be cold, but the weather looks amazing. It'll be kind of that pretty, wintry, sunshine, cold look. Vault Hemingway. So I got Georgia 1, LSU 2, Tennessee 3, Bama 4, Ole Miss 5, Kentucky 6, 
MSU seven, and Florida eight. All right, hold on, hold on. You you all right, you had Ole Miss five, and then tell me six, seven, and eight again. Six was who? Kentucky? Yeah. Yikes, you feel good about that one? Uh no. They're and, not good. And seven was MSU. And eight was Florida. All right, I have questions. One, you really think LSU deserves to be ahead of Tennessee? Absolutely, I do. Why? Head-to-head, they lost. Tennessee has better wins, don't they? Yeah, well, I don't know. Both of them won at home against Bama. Correct. So So that washes. You know. I'll give you that. And I think uh, LSU going on the road to Bama, I mean to Florida and winning, and also hosting Ole Miss at home were really good wins. I agree with that. So they got shellacked by Tennessee, is why. Yeah, but I agree with Brian Kelly because I watched some of the, the the game was not in the score was not as indicative as you thought of what played out in that game if you didn't watch it. Yeah, and you're right. Two two massive monumental plays went against them, and they could never get their legs back. But Jaden was not as bad as you would have thought. No. no. Daniels and he really took a step after that game. Well, he kind of exploded half, afterwards. They did yeah. some things where you thought, "Huh, they look like they're still taking some steps towards what they need to do." Let me ask it like this question. Now, look if you if you Tennessee and LSU on a neutral field, hey, that thing could go now. Yes, either way. Who do you have more faith in to win moving forward, Tennessee or LSU? Which team do you like well, better? L- uh well Tennessee doesn't have anybody left, so they play Missouri, South Carolina, and Bandy. So I'm not going to get anything. They're going to win all three okay? of those games, and they'll finish yeah. eleven and one. Yeah, and uh, LSU has two road games. One of them that could it sounds crazy could be pretty damn tough. Arkansas, because I think yeah. Arkansas is going to play their bells well, off, and that's, I think they're going to play Sam Pittman. It, they play for. I know yes. they they didn't play well last weekend, but he will light a fire under their ass, and they will play football this week. Now, are they limited? Yes, yes. absolutely. They're a lot like Mississippi State. They are limited. They don't have enough explosive players. They don't have enough skill players. You know, they just don't. Yeah, but man, you can but see them. T- Mississippi State has a tough, physical team. Okay, hard nose, all that. Arkansas does too. So they can do just enough to work you. Yeah. And even home, though they don't have anybody that like scares yeah. you. At home against an inexperienced LSU team. Although I will say this team seems to have taken on the identity of Brian Kelly. And Brian Kelly has been through the battles. Brian Kelly is not going to be wowed by Arkansas or be lost in the moment. No, man. That guy's coached at every level and he coached at Notre Dame in really big games. He is a. He might be the best coach in the Southeastern Conference. Um, But, you know, that's something that, especially, man, what they do in the line of scrimmage, starting in the offensive line, starting two freshmen and getting it done. Steve Robertson stops by to tell us why Mississippi State's offense is regressing at 930. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, man. Good morning. Welcome in. War Eagle, baby. War Eagle Rich on the Ag Up Equipment text line. When I said Brian Kelly could be the best head coach in the SEC, he said, hey, what about Cadillac Williams? The head football coach for the Auburn Tigers. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. You know, the way that, <laughs> that Mississippi State fell apart for about an hour and a half, you thought that Cadillac Williams was going to get his first victory against Mike Leach. At MSU, resiliency, baby. Resiliency. Re- hey, relentless effort. Will Rogers to Ra Ra <laughs> Thomas, one. And two, Massimo Biscardi, uh, the MVP of the Auburn Mississippi State game. That kid was absolutely. Look, man, obviously kicking field goals is. Extremely difficult. Uh, we see you know, the NFL; all they do all day is practice. I mean, you know, if you're yeah. if you're a field goal kicker, yep. you you have your snapper and your holder and whatever else you need for hours and hours and hours a yep. day. That's all you do is just kick. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to go to American government class. You don't have to do anything else. That's uh, and and they miss and they miss. Yep. In college, it's almost. You feel like it's 50. I mean, it's a crapshoot, okay? Especially it when it matters. It's hard to kick it through the, the upright. It, wow, it is, man. There's a difference in kicking a field goal in the first quarter against La Tech and kicking a field goal with 30 seconds on the clock in an SEC game in the rain. I right. mean, it's just different, dude. And it's Massimo Biscardi was nails. Your MVP, he stepped up. I know we always talk about quarterbacks stepping up when it's on the line and wide receivers and edge rushers and stuff. Dude, Massimo Biscardi for Mississippi State, stud. Yeah, if they find a way to beat East Tennessee State. He could have easily missed. I mean, he had to kick three in a row. Yeah. I'm convinced Cadillac called the timeout too late on the second timeout. But whatever, the, the officials on that sideline were either starstruck or overwhelmed because Auburn coached like a travel ball team, you know, in rural Mississippi with a bunch of guys over there going absolutely nuts and making asses of themselves. Okay. And we've all seen that dog and pony show. I don't anymore. I'm, I I can, I'm out. Y'all can all live through that. Yeah. Uh, but Massimo Biscardi kicked three, Field goals in a row. Incredible. And, and Blake said, in inclement weather. Yeah. It was crap. We thought it was going to get out of there at about 3 o'clock just in Startville. And it just sat it just on the stuck. damn stadium yep. all night. Yep. Yep. I mean, we thought, uh, Wendy and I went out 
and and we were gonna tailgate and then we weren't and we were and then finally we a friend of mine was kind enough to give me an unbelievable parking pass and so I pulled up in Barnes and Noble which is a great parking pass yeah okay yeah <laughs> and I pull up and I'm like and Wendy it started raining again you know it was off and on right I mean but, but, all right it started raining again she went I'm staying in the car until we go in <laughs> I said well then I'm gonna walk over here and talk to some of my buddies and she went great I'm just gonna chill out here and it it, it was just this little poor rain and then over the course of the game I mean Massimo Biscardi hit those kicks in crappy and- Crappy, crappy weather. And we haven't outlined this, but what that you just said, too. Nails. So is the long snapper and the holder. George no o- doubt. Georgeopolis, the holder, called because all three of those. the second snap. Wasn't perfect. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. The, the, the snapper was amazing in all three of those uh, kicks. Yeah. But you are exactly right. Like my buddy, uh, Alan Lang with Kinetic Staffing, yeah. his son, Jake Lang is the holder at Southern Miss, and he has taken some snaps this year and still gotten them down. That ain't easy, brother. No. And is there more? You know, we talk about being You're talking about bang, bang? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you're catching, trying to get the ball right. Spinning the laces. Yeah. And and we talk about how, like, being a pitcher is being on an island, right? And, And there may not be a more isolated moment than being the kicker standing on the field with a game winner because it's... I know that the snap has to be good and the hold has to be good, but at the end of the day, no one even cares. Most of the time, if you miss the kick, it's always the kicker's fault. That's right. Right? For the fan base, it's it's the kicker's fault. Right. You know, and so, look. And the way the punting had gone, you'd already had a fumble. And a shank. And a shank. Yeah. To give Auburn an opportunity and two fumbles by Will in the pocket. Yeah. And again... Calling 24 pass plays is not awesome for those offensive tackles or Will Rogers, but whatever. I understand that Mike's an amazing offensive mind. That'd be Mike Leach. Um, But Massimo Biscardi, the field goal, and like Blake said, the holder and the snapper had to do it. It won a pressure situation. But then repeat it twice. I'm talking about you could feel the pressure on the stadium. Yeah. I well, wouldn't even do anything. I was drinking a Tito's and water with oranges in it. That's that is pressure Mike, right there for me. Mike Leach owes Massimo an NIL deal because it it may have saved his job, but it certainly bought him some serious breathing room. Leach, yeah, yeah, because man, if you lose to Georgia and Ole Miss after that game and finish six and six, the fan base is in an absolute uproar, well, and it would have been. Um, Roar. That means you would have finished the year one and five. Don't forget that. They were coming off two losses to Kentucky and Alabama. If you screwed around and lost to Auburn, then lost to Georgia and Ole Miss with only East Tennessee out the door, you're one and five in your last six. And and if you would have lost a bowl game, you'd be six and seven. And remember what Brian Kelly told us the week of the LSU-Mississippi State game? It's hard to prepare for Leach week to week, but it's not in a bowl game. Yeah. Because you get three to four weeks to work on the air raid. You just rep it, rep it, rep it. Yeah. Okay. That's a huge win. I mean, I I don't think we've framed it up as much, but like this was. And I got to give Rob and Will credit for connecting on that pass because that was a thing of beauty. Yeah. 
really the last two drop they it's like something happened and they woke up right at the end and they yeah. those last two touchdown drives were huge yeah and so i guess and i don't ha- know if will called that play to what he marked it's a great question or if if he had an option maybe it was one of the two options maybe he could have called pass or run i don't know but i know this they threw the ball 24 damn times in a row so if he had the option every time he went to the line of scrimmage he was going pass it looks like mike is totally a Leach has totally abandoned the run. Now, I don't know if that's totally predicated on Dylan Johnson's health and he's frustrated with Marks and he doesn't believe in Simeon Rice. But one running I mean, back... Simeon Price. In the, in the SEC, that's correct. Yeah. In the SEC, one running back can't ruin your pet run game. You can't, you can't be as a program that reliant on one guy. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I've said this, even though these, those two have been playing for a while, you should have out-recruited them by now. But anyway. Can't you say that about almost all the positions on that roster? A lot of them. You know, this whole thing, we're, we're bringing back a bunch of juniors and seniors. Well, it's a bunch of solid players, as, and that's fine. As Bartu says, returning starters is great and all, but what if they were bad starters? <laughs> or, or not even bad, because I don't want to say a lot of these kids are, are nice players. Yeah. But nice players in this league don't yeah. work. The point is, returning doesn't make you inherently better. Right. Yeah. And now the one guy, the other guy that I thought made a monster difference was Jaden Crumity. And I'm talking about from the jump on Auburn's first possession. He almost, it was like a bowling ball hitting pit. He he blew out the whole Auburn offensive line on the second play, I think, of the game. Yeah. Like, he, he, he ran them all into each other. I know he was juiced up. He hadn't played all year, and he's mad about that. Upset, you know. He's, he's your NFL guy on the front. And Emmanuel Forbes, if he gets healthy... With this maybe growing injury, whatever you want to make of that, uh, but he's your other NFL player. You need him back. It will. It won't matter against Georgia, but if you have any shot against Ole Miss, you got to have Emmanuel Forbes. Steve Robertson coming up next. What does he see with this Mississippi State offense, and why don't they use Tulu Griffin more? We're live in the Bank Plus Studio. Steve Robertson coming up next on the Dosecki Guest Line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Your SEC Insider hit this morning is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show. And the show is also presented by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center, MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, powered by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Mississippi State comes away with a good win on Saturday. It may not have been pretty, but... Winning in this league is uh, whew, highly coveted. You'll take every one you can get, especially in the West. And uh, they come away with a W in overtime. They kind of fell asleep for about an hour and a half during the game. And I think a lot of people are sh- kind of scratching their head there as to why they went nine straight possessions without scoring on offense. Um, you know, one of those possessions was a special teams touchdown by the uh, – Little used for whatever reason to Lou Griffin, who is an absolute highlight reel waiting to happen. Uh, he's got three games left in his junior year, so the clock is ticking. He had a 57-yard catch, too. Um, so when he gets it in space, he's got... The, the, this team does not have a lot of this. He's got some wiggle and some speed. Uh, but Massimo Biscardi, to me, was... Uh, there were others, Crumity and so on, but Massimo Biscardi was the MVP. When you've got that, that those kind of stones and bells to hit three straight kicks in bad weather, pressure, all that, everything's going against you, pretty damn impressive from that young man. And I thought Cadillac missed on the second timeout. I thought it was too late. But the refs let him and that staff do whatever the hell they wanted all night, which I could not figure out. We welcome in Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, the Boneyard Podcast. Steve joins us on the Dosaki guest line. Steve, uh, how about Massimo Biscardi, man? I mean, was that pressure-packed, bad weather, Cadillac's going to empty the tank on the timeouts? How impressed were you with that young man? I I was impressed, and uh, I absolutely thought it was the right decision for Cadillac to do that based on State's place kick in the last couple years. And, uh, you know, the guy just sat in there and just, you know, hey, let's ride, you know. I mean, of course – if he had missed one of the first two, then all of a sudden Cadillac looks a little silly. But the reality of it is, is he took the best chance possible, presented the the situation, and Biscardi comes through. And and when's the last time States had a big kick like that? I mean, maybe uh, Derek D. Pasquale to uh, force overtime against Arkansas years ago. I mean, it's like right. State hadn't had that pressure type kick in a long time, and and he comes through there, and uh, in many respects. It kind of saves the season because that's the ball game, as you say, that state had in control, and you have these periods of malaise that have kind of plagued state this year. And that, that's probably my biggest issue, Bo, is 
is that the same issues you had against Memphis, you had against Auburn, you know, and, and that's that's got to get better. You've got to be more consistent on offense. You can't have these periods where everybody just kind of goes to sleep and gets comfortable. Uh, man, Massimo Biscardi, what a dude last weekend. Like you said, they needed that shot in the arm, and that kid was – and we talked to Steve. It's easy for all of us to kind of gloss over. Uh, how about the long snapper and the holder? Time and time again yeah. on a wet field in, in some pretty crappy weather, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been an issue, too. I mean, that was, you know, when they had some of the field goal kicking issues, you when you got broken down, you said, well, maybe there's a holding situation here. And they actually have uh, have changed the, the deep snapper there and got Hayes Hammond doing it now. And so, you know, perhaps they figured some things out. But, uh, yeah, you've got to be able to execute in that situation. And they did. What you just hit on it. What? They're in November, and they're having these big lulls in games that go all the way back to Memphis. What? So nine straight possessions on offense. Tulu took, you know, house the kick. It's great. Young man's electric. Don't know why he's not getting more touches, but whatever. What? What? How do? This is like an hour and a half, two quarters, a quarter and a half. Why the lulls? What's happening, Steve? That's a great question, and Leach has brought that up multiple times in postgame and says, you know, we've got to learn to stand prosperity. And there have been times I think State has gotten the lead and then gotten comfortable and, you know, kind of, kind of basically gone to sleep. And, and that, that has, that's got to change. You know, in order for State you know, to win and get to 8-4 and four this year, they're going to have to at some point put together four quarters of quality football, and they've been incapable of doing that so far. And I, I really think back, if, if we're being honest, under the Leach – tenure i mean maybe that missouri game in 2020 is probably the game where you have maybe had continuity on offense the entire day maybe go back to lsu but even in that lsu ball game people forget a state turned it over four times there you know and, and still won the game handily and if you play clean that day you you know you might have an epic win where you have absolutely just wiped the field with lsu and so and to give credit too, i mean you know to auburn you know those sure. guys came out and played our football and th- those guys get preschool too. You know, it's not like we're always, you know, it's not the Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals out there. And so, uh, you know, you- you've got to be able to go out there and compete. And uh, I-, I give Cadillac and that staff a lot of credit. They they put in some new offensive wrinkles and gave State some problem with it. But at the end of the day, when the game was on the line, State made the big kick to tie it and get it into overtime, and then outplayed them in overtime and ultimately won the football game. Why Why do you think the offense is regressing? Um, 24 straight. I mean, this has been for a few few weeks now. Kentucky, um, you know, Alabama, they actually moved it a little bit better, but between the 20s. Um, but that nine straight possessions without scoring, six coming out of halftime against a pod staff at Auburn, 24 straight passes, you're, you're tipping off to SEC defensive linemen and especially edge rushers that they don't have to worry about the run. So it puts an enormous amount of pressure on your offensive tackles, Steve, and Will Rogers. What do you see with this offense? Well, the first thing I'll say, I thought the offensive line played their worst game of the year uh, against Auburn, and, and not just because of the sags. I think they, they, were, they were people in, in his face over and over and over again. And that, that's part of the issue. That, that, that's part of the issue. So, And I think you got to get some stuff – kind of situated uh, here in the next couple weeks just because of the fact that 
that Georgia offense, defensive line is elite. You know, State's played Alabama, LSU, Auburn. Those fronts are really, really good. This Georgia front is elite. And I think one of the things that we're seeing, too, is Mississippi State's kind of graduating a little bit offensively. You're not seeing drop eight anymore. I think people have realized that Will Rogers will absolutely pick you apart if that's what you do. And so now people are trying to defense them differently, and now they'll have to adjust. Football is a game of adjustments. Now everybody's bringing more pressure, forcing him to get the ball out early. I thought Auburn did a great job kind of defending the flats and taking the check game away. So now, you know, what's Leach do to counter that? You know, because this is a mimic league. Everybody, once they have some success, is going to mimic what everybody else does. And so you're not seeing drop eight. We're not hearing those complaints because they've addressed those. Well, now how do you handle this new fangled way that people are, are defensing this Mississippi State offense? That's what has to be corrected here in the next three weeks. Derek Hall ate their lunch. Former Mississippi State commitment, Gulfport, Mississippi. Ended up flipping to Auburn late. Uh, eight tackles, six solo, two sacks, three for tackles for a loss. That guy was a machine. Um, Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, the Boneyard Podcast on the Out of Bounds Show, and the Dosaki Guest Line. Tulu Griffin, so they're next to last. MSU's offense is next to last in explosive plays, Steve. And to me, I, you may disagree, but... To me, the game is predicated all on explosive plays this day and age. Can you generate them? Can you stretch a field? Can you go vertical? Or can you do it running running plays from the line of scrimmage? Whatever. Tulu is their most explosive player, yet he doesn't get that many touches. He had two receptions. One was a 57-yarder, one for one yard. What's the deal? Should he? Does he Does he deserve more touches? I, I hear this. He make, every, every receiver on that, Austin Williams, Ra-Ra, Tulu, Wally, you know, others have dropped the football this year. And I saw it in Bam LSU game, too. Does he deserve more touches, Steve? Well, he does. And the first thing I'll say is Derek Hall never publicly committed to Mississippi State. He was a lean throughout the process and ultimately did choose Auburn. So I just want the record to reflect that. But, but yeah, I think the thing with Tulu, too, is tracking the football on the deep throw. There's been a couple times where State has thrown it basically over his head and he hadn't been able to make that catch. I mean, Alabama's a pretty good example of that. But I think you've got to find a way to get the ball in his hands doing what he does well. You know, And, and I don't know if that's not moving him eventually to the slot receiver spot because I think that he's a guy that can take that, that slant or that seven-yard hitch, make a guy miss, and he's off to the races. And you saw an example of that on Saturday. And so I think maybe we're underutilizing him because we're having him play outside. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of it in my estimation. I, I think that he's a guy – you know, that his route tree is a little, maybe a little more limited than you'd like at this point in his development. And so maybe adjust and do what he does well. You know, get him the football. And there have been some games, and Steve Spurrier Jr. said it, you know, we got to feed him a little bit more. And they came out and they did. I guess it was against uh, Texas A&M. They, they found a way to kind of get him the ball in space and let him kind of make some plays for you. But you know, in order for this defense, I mean, this offense to take the next step, you've got to do more in that intermediate passing game, which will you know impact those safeties, kind of loosen the box up a little bit because we're seeing a lot heavier boxes these days. I mean, State comes out, runs football well against Arkansas and A and M, so people are like, "Nah, you're not going to do that." Right. And so then that they've adjusted their coverage, and so you know, football again, it's a game of adjustments. It's not in-game adjustments only. You know, it's over the course of a season as you kind of realize how people are attacking you. 
And to that's to me, that's the difference between a seven-win season and an eight-win regular season is the adjustments that State makes in these final three weeks. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. Now, um, I'll give Leach this. He, he, pulled, he pulled the short straw in scheduling. He gets Georgia two of the first three years uh, during his tenure. And MSU really doesn't ever play Georgia. Um, I mean, what? What are they trying to do this weekend? Just get out of the game healthy? I mean, Georgia's awesome. How do you see it? Well, I, you know, here's the thing, too. And I had this discussion with some fans on, on Sunday. Everybody's like, well, I just hope that we can be competitive. You know, I hope that we can graduate to a point that we start expecting to win these games. And, and at this point, you're not there. I mean, this Georgia team is incredible. They're, they're number one for a reason. It's not some you know, fluke. And they're probably the quietest number one team that we've seen in recent years. I don't know. They get enough respect. They're the defending national champions, and people just act like they're another team. But I'm eager to see how State handles maybe the logo on the side of the helmet. That was a problem against Alabama. Leach mentioned it, like we were scared of Alabama. I just want to see State come out there and punch them. You know what I'm saying? It's like like they did in 2020. Like, we don't care who you are, where you're from, or what's in your trophy case. We're here to play a football game. And I, I think that would be maybe a step forward for State. It's just to go out there and play these guys head up and not be intimidated by the logo. Crummity and Wheat were fantastic on Saturday. Boy, Crummity, uh, he made his presence known on the first series, Steve. Yeah, he did the very first play of the game offensively. Uh, they give it to Tank Bigsby, and Crummity sheds a block and rides him to the ground. And I think that was good to see. And you know, we got him in post game and talked to him about the uh, you know the targeting call that they picked the flag up on. Uh, you know, that was uh, for a moment there. I was kind of holding my breath. It's like this kid's gone through so much, and as soon as he gets back out here, he's about to get be knocked out of a game. But he comes right back and plays really well. Credited with just three tackles and a sack and one and a half tackles for loss, but uh, he impacted the game even though he didn't fill up the box score. And and that could be big for State down the stretch. And you know, he's still a little bit rusty, uh, but you you feel like maybe you get him through this week and maybe those last couple ball games he can be pretty close to midseason form. Uh, better play call, Steve. Will to rah-rah late in the game on the long touchdown pass or Leach uh, folding up the chairs on the sideline and throwing them down? I think it's absolutely Leach throwing the chairs down. Um, There's so many people that that have this this false narrative when it comes to Leach, like he's not engaged or he's not doing the things he needs to do or showing emotion. He just shows it differently. But that was a good example right there of him just kind of having enough and saying, you know what? We're going to change this up, and uh, you guys are not going to sit over here. And he joked yesterday, he goes, we, we had everything over there except for playing cards. You know, I mean, trying to get those guys engaged. And, you know, I thought it was big because you've gotten complacent on offense. You've gotten comfortable, and he goes and does that, shakes things up, and then later in the ball game, you have some sense of urgency, and you ultimately do what it requires to win the football game. All right. So, you know, Leach <sighs> – I think their team is pretty average. All right. Uh, I think they'll finish seven and five, which is, that's a compliment to Leach. And last year, I think they were, they were, or I don't think they were ordinary last year and they finished seven and five. So it shows that kind of his system and everything he's done works to a certain level and 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 a better level than Mississippi State historically. But people are kind of asking, you know, is there going to be a bump or a jump? Have they recruited well enough? Are the players getting developed at the, 
you know, at the rate they need to be. I think there's some positions, quite frankly, Steve, that aren't improving. Um, I think the one spot where I was wrong on Leach, he's brilliant, he's amazing, phenomenal play caller, and the offense is pretty damn good. What I thought because he had won at Texas Tech and Washington State for so long with less, that he would be Dan, that he and the staff would be Dan Mullen-esque as far as developing players, and I don't think they are. Your thoughts? Well, I think it's maybe a little bit early to tell just because 2020 was such a weird year. And, you know, some people did a better job that year. I mean, you look up the road at Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, even though they finished that year 5-5, five and five, you know, and he's attacked the portal. And so it's been a different philosophy, but you, know, you can't knock the results. I think when you look at this offense, when you look at, you know, uh, at all the metrics out there, Scoring average is up. You know, rushing is up. Uh, you know, Will Rogers, I think, is maturing as a quarterback and doing a good job. And, but at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And there were a lot of people at the beginning of the year that said this could be a better Mississippi State team with the same record they had a year ago just because of the schedule. Um, I still think 8-4 and four is a possibility. And, you know, you, you never know what the, these two teams are going to look like by the time you get to Thanksgiving when it comes to State and Ole Miss. But that ultimately will likely be, you know, the game that decides the quality of this season. Is it a good year or is it a really good year? It's not going to be a great year, but it could be a really good year. And let, let's say you win that ball game and, and then somehow win the bowl game and you end the year on a three-game winning streak, you've got some juice heading into the offseason into spring practice. And so, you know, the story of this season has not completely been written yet. Uh, will Rogers with the two fumbles. Obviously, they were bringing pressure, but Will's got to take care of the ball in the pocket. What's your takeaway on those two turnovers? I don't blame him for either of those. I, I think the pick is on him. I, I think I think that both of those fumbles are on on your left tackle. You know, I, I think both, the, especially that second one, and that that's a major league play. You know, Derek Call beating the guy, not quite getting there, but being able to swat the ball down, and that's the thing. You look at that third quarter; it's just remarkable. State runs twenty plays, gets forty yards has the punter sack because he fumbled the snap and then has two punts for an average of 22 yards. I mean, it was a complete meltdown by the entire team. Usually you have, you know, one mistake. But the defense kept getting the short end of the field early on. They, they forced a couple field goals, and, and that's probably the difference in the ball game. to be quite honest with you. If, if, El, if Auburn cashes in and scores touchdowns there, we're having a different conversation today, and State's still not bowl eligible. Uh, but that's the thing I, I think about all this is like this special team stuff continues to persist. And to Leach's credit, he shakes up the staff. They bring in all new specialists, yet this thing's continues. So you can't really put your finger on what it is, but they got to find a way to fix it. It's their job to fix it. It's their responsibility to fix it. And they've got to hold people accountable and ensure those things don't happen moving forward. Um, what What's the latest on Dylan Johnson? Yeah, he wasn't quite 100%. You know, and he's a gamer. You know, he always wants to play. Uh, he'll be a little bit closer to 100% this week. And, you know, they were careful with him last week. I don't know that he's full go again until the Egg Bowl. You know, and and, I, and that's not necessarily maybe a, a question about his health. But just I think you got to be careful with him. You don't, you don't want to get him hurt against Georgia. And you certainly don't want to, you know, waste the good snaps that he has available against East Tennessee State. So, you know, we'll see how things progress. But I, my hope is they'll be somewhat measured in how they utilize him the next two weeks so that in that egg ball game, he will be much closer to 100%. We had a listener on our Ag Up Equipment text line want to ask you a question. Steve Robertson, the Boneyard Podcast, Gene's page, 247 Sports on the Dosecki guest line. 
Steve, can Tulu play running back? Spot duty. Not, I don't think not, so. not Marks and Dylan reps, but you, you've seen other teams in the last few years put wide, even in the NFL, put wide receivers at running back, give them a few snaps, um, whether it's Ole Miss or the San Francisco 49ers with Debo, among many others. What If you're an athlete, you can usually make that happen. What do, what do you see? Well, I think you maybe have to move him to the slot to make that happen, you know, to, to bring him in motion. I mean, you're not going to do that as an outside receiver. Could they utilize him in some wrinkles? I think you could. I, I'd like to see it, quite honestly. And I'm, I'm not saying you even motion him back, but just bring him on some jet sweep action and you know, let him get the football with a full head of steam and perhaps get the edge out there. I think he. I think that's a wrinkle that could really be beneficial to Mississippi State. I, I just don't know if that's in the cards. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those things that uh, – you look at and you think about how explosive he can be. And, and listen, he's still got some development to do. We all know that. Nobody's saying that he's a finished product. But I think he is being somewhat underutilized. And I would like to see him do that. I don't know if you motion him back there and let him start, you know, from a halfback type stance. But I'd like to see them be a little more creative in how they get in the football. All right. We'll leave it there. Steve Robertson, 247 Sports. Gene's Page on the Dosecki guest line. Steve, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Uh, Steve Robertson joined us on ESPN 105 down the zone. Let's go to the Ag Up Equipment text line. State grad 98, who me last week that my show was terrible, uh, text us and says, um, they're keep, no, this is Trez. Sorry, I'm, these texts are jumping. Trez says they are keeping Tulu fresh for the Liberty Bowl. What's the percentage chance that Bo attends the Liberty Bowl? That would be zero. What's negative? Is yeah. there a negative yeah, chance? Yeah, that 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 would be zero. Um, At I'm, seven and five, you're trending for Vegas. Ooh, I'd just go start, to that. Just throwing that out there. I, now that I may not go to the game, but but I'll go out there just to. I think we would give both, me an excuse. We both have to go to cover the game. Is what it sounds like. It sounds like we would. Sounds Even like if we I'm would there need to cover for it. a quarter before going to the well, one of the have, cool restaurants in the Venetian. I'd have to go because I want to check out the new stadium. That's fair I mean, enough. it's a brand new, like, state-of-the-art, yeah. $8 billion no, I, stadium. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. So, I'd go for a half. Yes, correct. And I don't – who are you pulling, a Pac-12 team? Yeah. I think that's right. So, I don't know who that would be. I don't know who's, like, 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, maybe even 8-4 and four with the Pac-12. That pecking order could actually be a notch up for them compared to the SEC. But that would be a cool bowl game. If if Mississippi State finishes seven and five, uh, which I expect them to do, if you made me bet a thousand dollars today, I would bet a thousand on them losing to Georgia and Ole Miss and beating East Tennessee State. Um, yeah, I could go to the Las Vegas Bowl, SEC versus the Pac-12. I'm in. Blake and I had a good time out there yeah. uh, in May for the NFL draft. I, I'm all about that. Trying to see the latest bowls uh, predictions. Um, this group has Mississippi State playing FSU in the Gator Bowl. Oh, Florida State versus Mississippi State in the Gator Bowl. This one has Arkansas headed to Las Vegas. Oh, well, hey, it'll be Jacksonville at seven like and five, December thirtieth yeah. or whenever that game is during with. The last two times I've been there during that time, it's been like Se- eighty degrees, yeah, seventy-five, perfect, yeah. So you get. It's right there. The water comes through the bay, whatever in the hell it is. I mean, that 
It's not an awesome city, but it's easy to get from downtown to the stadium, unlike Miami. When I asked Steve Robertson, he said the Vegas Bowl is considered one of the bottom bowls by the SEC at this point. Okay. So it'll be like a 6-6 six and six team, most well, likely. 7-5 and five may get you in. Potentially, yeah. You know? I mean, you don't want South Carolina going over you. Uh, or Arkansas. You want to go to the Vegas Bowl. But Jacksonville's not bad. If you missed anything, Apple Podcasts. Search the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. See you tomorrow. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.